The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to, to the, the Legendarium. Legendarium. Ryan, maybe we should talk about the length a little bit. Uh, wait, yes. You know what I meant. Don't yes. give me that look. I'm I'm trying to not be a 12-year-old here. I'm not uh. Brent Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a long book. This is a very long book. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I want to say this is episode 249, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. I'm so glad to be here. I can tell. <laughs> it's very late at night. I'm Craig, your host. Uh, Ryan is with me today. We're uh, we dispensing with the insults because this is a little bit of a different episode. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you'll be plenty insulted just from listening to it. So today we are, and what I mean by that is, uh, today we are going to be talking about The Burning White, which comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, the 22nd of October. And so if you have not yet pre-ordered it, if you're a Lightbringer fan, make sure you get on that. It is here. The release is here. Um, And Ryan, the reason I say people are going to be offended is because, frankly... We have no idea how we're going to talk about this. It's true. Uh, how do you discuss a book where you can't reveal any plot points or character issues or <laughs> like, w- congratulations, the font is nice. Like, Well, we, we may talk about that but, actually a little we, bit. We will. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we, so this is going to be a spoiler-free Lightbringer review. For The Burning White. For The Burning White. If you have read Lightbringer, we will, uh, or if I should say, if you haven't uh, finished up to this point, we do reserve the right to spoil anything from books one through four. Um, and uh, as far as book five goes, we will not, like you said, Ryan, we won't be spoiling any plot points. Uh, we'll probably, anything past like midpoint in the book, we probably won't even talk about characters at all because mm-hmm. even that could be a spoiler who lives, who dies. Uh, and where they are, that sort of thing. So don't worry if you haven't, and, and you haven't, you have not yet read book five. <laughs> uh, we're not going to spoil anything from that, but we may talk about uh, just, you know, kind of our general feelings on it, whether we are satisfied, that sort of thing. And I know for some people that is spoiler enough. And so if that is the case for you, then just be aware that we will get into that sort of thing eventually. And so you may want to uh, save this or, or after you finish it in a week and a half or two weeks or so. At least. Uh, we'll get there. But yeah, just uh, go ahead and thanks for the download. Now delete this and then download it again later after <laughs> you've read the book. So, uh, Ryan, you, and I should say actually a big thanks to both Orbit and Brent Weeks, uh, both of which were vital to helping us read this. Yes. Uh, so you got to read the electronic version thanks to Orbit. Uh, who got you that that copy? And, uh, and uh, Brent Weeks sent the hilariously uh, the offensive, signed... <laughs> irritating. What drove me into the arms of Joe Abercrombie? <laughs> Do you want to tell him what it, what it was? I know some people saw it on Twitter. But, yeah, for uh, those of you who didn't see it on Twitter, Brent Weeks sent a hardback signed copy to the Legendarium, specifically to Craig. It literally says in there. 
Uh, this copy is for Craig. Do you want me to read it yes, to you? Yes, please. Just, just read it so that I can refresh that wound. To Craig Hanks, who gets a signed copy while Ryan doesn't, because life isn't fair, and neither are fantasy authors. Yeah. <laughs> Craig sends me a picture of that as soon as he gets it, and I just I immediately, I had the same instinct I had the first time I was uh, dealing with Jafu challenging me. I'm like, oh, this is a nemesis waiting to happen. <laughs> so uh, this, Brent. This slight will not go unanswered. You, it's this is painful, but um, were you no, real talk? Were you did you feel a little actual offense, uh, or did you get the joke? Did you take the joke right away? I took it as a joke, I took it as a joke right away. So, if there's real offense meant it was missed, Brent, you missed. <laughs> I'm now uh, anyway. reading Joe Abercrombie just because <laughs> I wasn't offended. So, I guess the point of all this is. Uh, thanks for the books. Yes. <laughs> so I, I got to read the actual paper version. Uh, Ryan, you read it electronically. Thanks to mm -hmm. Orbit. Um, but yeah, thanks to to both parties for allowing us to do that. Now, as far as the book itself, before we get into any of the other stuff, Ryan, maybe we should talk about the length a little bit. Uh, yes. You know what I meant. Don't yes. give me that look. I'm I'm trying to not be a 12-year-old here. I'm not yeah. Brent Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a long book. This is a very long book. Uh, 375,300 words uh, was his official tally on Reddit a few months ago. I think he posted that in July, so that would have been the final version. Now, there's, some people are probably like, that's not that long because in comparison, like we talked about... Uh, not that long. It, well, in the sense of for epic fantasy in comparison to like Stormlight Archive. But, but my thing is, that is about the only thing that we could compare it to and say it's not that long. You couldn't say <laughs> you're still getting that smirk on your face. Yeah, let's uh, let's see if we can pack that one back into a box. <laughs> uh, is this the part where we get uh, Andy Samberg to go in a box? Is my in a box? <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. We're really our poor listeners here. We're trying to trying to we're trying to spoiler free a book discuss a book and all we can do is just make tasteful tasteful, tasteful penis jokes <laughs> um no anyway the i i guess my point is you can maybe compare it to some of the uh song of ice and fire books um what a couple of the of the uh wheel of time books but you know most epic fantasy if it's hitting three hundred thousand words that's plenty long yeah you're pushing the edge of what can be published at a certain point and he, he does that with this and they've had to make some adjustments to the book because of him pushing the limits and so when you see it on the shelf it's uh you know i'm looking at all five books right now and it's like one two two is longer than one three is monster and then four shortens it up a bit and then five looks about the same length as the shorter books in the series but then you open it up and it's like oh the pages are incredibly thin there are no margins uh, there's no there's no room for you know where they do the the author and the title at the top of the page and so i guess the whole point of this is if people want to know what they're getting into with the burning white just know that it's a lot you're getting so, into a lot we might say don't judge this book by its cover size <laughs> <laughs> don't judge the book by its shelf space yes yeah uh, anyway so yeah the the way that it looks on your shelf is a lie it is a dirty filthy lie and I mean, it, Brent openly discussed this. He did an unboxing video on Facebook a little while ago, if you go to his Facebook page and look at it. And he talked about how the pages are really thin and some of the adjustments they had to make to make it work um, and be able to publish it. And as a matter of fact, there are some, when it gets through translation, there will be certain 
countries that, that will be split into two books because of it, a, a part one and a part two. Uh, it's just, it's too long otherwise. Uh, but that's just a, to be aware that you're going to have to dedicate time. If you want to read this and you, if your plan right now is to take a day off work and read this in a day, I, sorry, I don't believe you if you say you do that. Like, it's not, I don't think you're going to be able to pull that off. Yeah, we have listeners who... Uh... And other people, you know, people who aren't listeners, you see them all over Reddit or whatever, and they say, you know, this will come out on the 22nd, and by the 23rd, they'll say, oh, such a great book. Shut up, liar. Yeah. You don't even, you haven't even read it, you know. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm being too judgy. I am a slow reader, um, but I'm not that slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I should say I'm a deliberate reader. <laughs> uh, I'm not that slow, but this book... I got it last Saturday. We're we're recording this on a Sunday. And so in eight days, uh, I barely, barely finished this. And I was devoting some serious time to it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a long one. All right, maybe we should talk about the, a little bit about the content, how we feel about it. Uh, here, here's how, here's my summary. And, uh, and this, maybe this is where I will kind of steer people away. We may be getting into what some people would consider lightly spoilery territory. We're not going after any plot points, but our feelings about the book and that sort of thing, right? So uh, last chance, turn back now. Um, So here's how I would summarize the book. If I were writing The Dust Jacket, it would be uh, The Burning White is a combination of The Stormlight Archive and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Have fun. Read it. (laughs) Okay. What do you think? Um... Yeah, yeah, I can, I can get behind that. I think um, I did not see the Voyage of the Dawn Treader piece coming on that. That it, it fits. <laughs> yeah, but now that you're thinking about the book, you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can follow that. And uh, that's and that's as far as I'm going to go with it that. Was, it was weird when he added uh, Mr. Tumnus into the story, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh yes, I come from one of the other thousand worlds. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's, five English children come in to save the seven satrapies because they're the light bringers. <laughs> this is, uh, but I, I partly bring this up because there has been some talk uh, among our listeners as well as some others that uh, Brent Weeks is just—he's just another Sanderson. He's just doing the same thing that Sanderson is, and I don't think that's quite true. It's—I um, I definitely see the similarities. I see where people are comparing the two of them. Um, but you know, the reason I throw in the whole Voyage of the Dawn Treader thing is that, no, Brent Weeks has a different perspective. He has a different point of view, and he has a different purpose, I think, in his writing. And and it becomes especially apparent in this book. In books one through four, it, it's it's all about the story. It's, uh, there, there's, there's not, not much that's overt that goes beyond the story. You can read all sorts of stuff into it, and we do. That's our job. That's what we do here. Uh, but in book five, I think a lot of Brent Weeks and his views kind of comes to the fore in a way that it doesn't in books one through four. What do you think? I can agree with that. Um, there definitely do, there definitely feels um, like there are a few moments in this book where you are handed a defined moral or a defined concept like this is this is the way that this is at least to this world to these characters Mm -hmm. whatever it is and it's not really 
a lot of authors do that and leave this ambiguous whether or not you agree with it thing. Like you can agree with this, you can. It's it's a there's a gray area. Yeah, yeah. There's a few times when the gray isn't quite. It's a little more black or white than gray. Maybe not completely there, but there's you know a really dark gray or but, really light yeah, I gray. Think what what if I can try to reword what you're saying? It's that with a lot of authors, they leave they leave the conclusion up to you. But I think Brent in this book kind of he he tells you no this is what i think I agree or disagree but you know i'm the author of this series and this is what i think this is the conclusion for this this character this world these things like this yeah 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 it's okay. how do you feel about that by the way uh based on the way that it's handled i'm okay with it it does it it is a it is something that i would that I, I takes me out of the story isn't the right phrase, um, but it's something that I do notice, and it could just be from doing this for years and things like that. But it is something that I go, oh, that's that's a different feeling, um, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with pe uh, people making a definitive statement in a book that they're writing. As an right. author, that's your prerogative to do that. It's my choice as a as an audience member to say, I don't agree with it or or not, um, and still enjoy the book. Guess what? That's still possible to be right. like, I don't think that that's a really good moral to put in there, but you know what? Great story. Still loved everything else about it. Right. Yeah. I know. I, what do you think of the word preachy in this context? Do you do you feel like this book got preachy or were you okay with, uh, or, or are you just okay with preachy? I guess. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? I, if you want to be preachy in a book, I need to make sure that it's within a context of a, a believable character. Like there's this character I believe would actually preach this. Right. Um, and th just, just don't give me preachy out of the blue at all. Um, and that's, I'm more inclined to take that. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's about how I feel about it in this context, at least where there, as you said, Brent Weeks, the author is pretty, apparent in this book as far as at least i think so this is the feeling that the book gives off for me is that okay i feel like i've got a pretty good handle on what brent thinks about x uh whereas a lot of authors would probably bury that behind another layer or two uh so you're not quite sure what it is they think if they mm -hmm. are espousing the same things as their characters in the book whereas i you know i feel like yeah he he is that is his viewpoint um but i i don't feel I feel like it, it's arrived at organically enough with his characters that I'm okay with it. Uh, he has earned that in a way because he's done these other four books leading up to it um, and he's put the characters through enough and given you enough context with their mindset and their story that when those moments come along, it's easier for me to buy it than it would mm -hmm. be in a, a a single book that's 125,000 words long. And I'll be honest. I mean, I think back through some of the other books and some of the discussions that they have through, for example, Koyos, um, the the color prints and things yes. like that, where he's you know laying out the way he sees the world. And we talked to we there we had there was one quote I remember you throwing. I think it was in book two. That was uh, it. Just really it got a, a response from you on that. Um, and I wish I could remember what the quote specifically was, but um, I can go look it up. You want me to look it up? freedom isn't the highest good power is for without power your freedom can be taken i remember that quote standing out to you oh yeah big time um, and that's an example of 
uh, uh, an author writing a definitive, this is the way things are, but there's still ambiguity because the villain's the one delivering it. Right. Or not necessarily because the villain, not necessarily because it's the villain, but yeah, I see what you're getting. Or at least perspective. So that's, I, I feel like he still manages to to hold that balance pretty well through uh, through the burning white. Um, but a few times, there are a few times where it does seem to come across a lot stronger as like, no, no. No, this is the eternal truth. Yeah. 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 And like I say, I think generally in this case, it was earned enough that I was okay with it. I could see myself being much more annoyed than uh, than I am. All right, because I, well, frankly, I'm I'm not annoyed. I think uh, I'm just, yeah. I I just want to make sure like our listeners just understand. I I don't think that we're saying that Brent all of a sudden tried something new in this book with this. It's just it's the culmination. It's yeah. It's it's a it's a bigger feel, and it's a little more. You'll you'll just you'll feel it when you when you read some of those moments. You'll feel it a little bit more than some of those other ones you've come across. Where it's right. like, oh, this will be like, oh, okay. So speaking of culminations. Oh, I was waiting for a chuckle there. Never mind. Uh, you should have used the word climax if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, speaking of climaxes, uh, how how happy are we that Lightbringer has ended here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let me put let me put it a different way because I'm sure Brent's going to listen to this, right? How happy are we that Lightbringer's over? It's over, done. No, I mean what I mean to say is, which that, clearly means that he hasn't left anything open at all. You know, that's, no, they're all questions are answered. It's just a tidy little bow. The whole world explodes at the very end. He just kills everybody. <laughs> he rogue ones the whole piece and goes on. So, uh, no, are, are you? Do you feel done with Lightbringer? Do you want him to return to this? Do you feel like this was a satisfying ending that you're you're fine with this being it? I am I, I am happy. I am in I am happy where this is. I feel like we have a much bigger world around us than the what the seven satrapies, what we've seen in here. This is a great story of one part of a larger world. Um and he's very openly introduced concepts that could allow him to come back to this yeah um, come back to lightbringer for now i think i think this arc that he's written you've he's i feel okay being done i'm okay getting to the end of this and going yeah this this is finished i'm, I'm okay with finishing the story would i expect him to come back to lightbringer based on what i've read here like coming back into this world not for a while yeah i agree and if he does and i do think he would have to be the one to do it uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that. It feels a little bit like Star Wars, where it's like you've you've got a whole galaxy, and all we've done is follow the Skywalker family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you go read some of the old '90s books, you know, the Timothy Zahn or Kevin J. Anderson stuff, where it's like, no, there are other stories to be told in other timelines. Timothy Zahn isn't a great example, I guess, but <laughs> you can do Old Republic stuff. You can you can do whatever the case may be there. I would want him, if he comes back to this world, to do something that is outside of what we've even heard of in these books. I don't want him to do the Lucidonia story. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to do, uh, oh, well, it's uh, it's Karis's daughter, or I don't know what, you know, like it's the next generation, and, and uh, Kip is a 90-year-old. He, he's the new Andros Guile, or whatever. You know, I don't, right. I don't want that. Okay. Uh, but I would, I think I would like it if in 10 or 15 years he 
kind of came back to this world mm-hmm. and, and did something else with the the satrapies. So yeah, all right. Uh, okay, so let's also talk about now that we're done with this Lightbringer series, how it compares to his first effort, Night Angel, which is I believe you came to Brent Weeks through Lightbringer first and then read Night Angel, correct? Yes, I yes, that's you'd the, read like the first few Lightbringer books, maybe. Did you read all four? I read all four. Out? I read all four of them before I moved on to Night Angel. Um, which is, I think, part of the reason why I might have had a little more forgiving attitude towards Night Angel, realizing the author that he would become mm-hmm. in Lightbringer. Because I will say, between the two book series, uh, that you there's a familiar touch. You can see Brent's, you can see his voice in both of them. Yeah. That's not a problem. It's not a any issues there. Um, but there is definite growth as an author in Lightbringer. The n- not just in character treatment and plot points or whatever, but just in uh, the scale in which he decides to to make to run his story. I remember in Night Angel going through and going like we get to the end of Night Angel and spoiler for Night Angel right now. You know, skip ahead 30, 45 seconds. You know, two minutes while I make my point. <laughs> you know, we get to the end of Night Angel and we're dealing with this deity all of a sudden that just kind of becomes a one book thing here that it just it came up on you pretty quick. He's done a lot better of scaling his work in in this story, in my opinion. Um, I think it shows his growth as an author to say, I need to take time to establish my big bad um, I, and deal with my villains through the whole thing. Yeah. I still think he can grow as an author in his treatment of villains. Um, I think he writes pretty good ones. Um, I Throughout the Lightbringer series, the first four books and everything, uh, we see a real drop-off in, I, I should exploring say... Exploring the villains. Exploring at least the Koyos as a villain. Um, we have villains amongst our very own characters characters the like andros guile to me is a villain for most of this series like just the way he treats kip that's the way i view him as as a villain so he does really good treatments for those but i just i really like um where he's come from in terms of that sort of treatment yeah no i 100 percent agree with that i'm not even sure if i have much to add other than just to uh to add my voice to i miss koyos the Koyos chapters. Mm-hmm. Or I, I guess we should name him what the Color Prince, Lord Omnichrome. Yeah, and that's you. You were joking in one of our first episodes that he has a million different names because he goes through this progression. He's Lord Omnichrome, the Color Prince, the White King. Yeah. Uh, At one point, we were calling him Lord Rainbow, and I know that was like that's his My Little Pony ver name or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he. I, I want him to take little dumps of love. <laughs> if he's going to be like a My Little Pony or something, right? Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I, that was one of the highlights for me of the first couple of books. And then I felt like that kind of dropped off with book three and four, mm-hmm. where I, I wanted more of that villain time and we started to not get it. And people will have to judge in book five whether by the end they feel like they had enough villain time at the end of the book. Yeah. Uh, so... I would say along the same lines, I feel very similar also with the character of Liv Danavis. Like, yes, as 100%. Her, like that's, and I think 
I know a lot of fans are probably going to be clamoring for in Burning White to get more perspective and get that. And it's going to be on an individual basis whether or not they feel that there's sufficient attention given to each of those. Yeah. Uh, but as far as attention given to the heroes, there is plenty because there are plenty of heroes to go around uh, up to this point. Essentially, I'm trying to think we've uh, we've got maybe four main heroes, Kip, Gavin, Karis, and Tia. Am I missing anybody? There are there are lots of secondary. Yeah, everyone, characters. pretty much everyone is in some relation to one of those because you've got the mighty, but they're all in relation to Kip. Right. Uh, Karis is the white and the black guard. Um, dealing with that. Um, Gavin's off on his own deal with Gunner, um, that sort of right, thing. Right, right, Anyway, but I guess if we feel like, especially especially starting with book three, if we feel like, oh, there, there hasn't been enough time given to the villains, it's because, well, we've got a whole lot of heroes to hear about. And so I'm sure at a certain point, if you're writing this, it's like, well, I can't take that much time off. Um, and so anyway this is going to become two books if i give you you know 20 more chapters to just so that you understand you know the color prints better or live danavis better or whatever how would you have felt if it had been a six book series okay originally it was supposed to be three it says uh i'm gonna need four. Oh, wait i'm gonna need five. Oh, now number five is delayed uh and then would you as currently constant, would you rather have the series as currently constituted, you know, considering what we've had in book three and four, uh, would you rather have it as we do, or would you rather have six books and more villain time in three and four? I would probably say, I'd probably say six books. Yeah. Interesting. I, that's a real... I feel like it, part of me says that if pushing to six books would uh, not filter, pollute, uh, dilute. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> it would kind of dilute the series, but maybe he had a whole lot of stuff that got cut because of that, so it wouldn't feel diluted um, to give that sort of stuff. But right now, I would probably say I would I would have to give a little more to three books three and uh, three and four. I'd be okay if you'd pushed some of that into book. Five and then push some of book five into a sixth book. Yeah. Okay. All right. I am not sure that I agree. I think I am. I, I think five at most. And I, I would want by five and six at the same time. Well, there is that. <laughs> uh, but I think if I if I'd been Brent's editor, there would have been maybe some more trimming. Maybe he and I would have fought a little bit. Um, there would have been things trimmed, and uh, yeah, but. I generally think series do better when they end on an odd series. Like it just—it's a natural progression when you have a first, you, second, third. You act. want you want a middle book. You want a number three. You don't want two yeah. and four or two and three out of a four book series to yeah. have to share the middle of the arc. Well, the thing is, like even in, for example, like Stormlight Archive, it's supposed to be ten books, right? Like, but, two, but it's five two books. five book yeah. pieces, Mid, beginning, middle, and end. It's a lot easier to do that with an odd number piece than an, an even number thing. So interesting. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds superstitious. Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> uh, okay, so final thought here as far as Lightbringer. Give me... Oh, okay, so anybody who's been listening up to this point is probably a Lightbringer fan. Or at least they've read all the books. Or they hate it enough to want to spoil it. <laughs> or something, I don't know. 
Um, or they just love your voice so much. It is sultry and enjoyable. Enjoy this ASMR moment. Gosh, <laughs> I think I just had a. I think I just had an anti boner. Um, okay, so yeah, what was I even saying? Oh yeah, final <laughs> thoughts. Boy, that chased my final thoughts right out of my head. Do we? I, I guess my question is: Are should people buy the book? Obviously, if you've read four books, buy the fifth book and read it. But how how desperate should people be to get out and do it? Are, would you say do this ASAP so you don't get anything spoiled, or would you say eh, get to it at your own leisure? I'm going to say that you will want to read the Burning White as soon as you can, um, and not because I think spoilers are going to leak a lot. But I think you're going to see a lot of response from people about receiving it that's going to give you an, an idea as to the tone of this book. Um, and I think you will get, not unintentionally spoiled, but that's mm -hmm. the best thing I can say is that you by just by the reaction you're going to get, you're going to, it's going to adjust how you read the book. So yeah. just, just get in there and read it. Yes. Buy it, get it, and read it. I 100% I agree with get out there and read it as fast as you can, partly because... This book is not what you expect. Yes. It is. And, and I kind of feel like at the end of this episode, with all the dancing around that we've been doing and all the, the little hints and whatnot, I kind of feel like, gosh, at the end of a half hour, maybe I sound like I'm giving this book a bad rap. Uh, but that's probably just... Uh, that's probably just by virtue of having to dance around this discussion yes. so much, right? Um what I would say is, especially if you have been following the series closely, if you are a Brent Weeks fan and you follow him on social media and all this stuff, this book is not what you think it's going to be. And I think it's going to be very divisive. I, but you're going to want to read it. Like yes. You're going to want to be a part of this conversation. Exactly. I The reason I would say go out and get it as soon as possible and read it as soon as possible is because I want people to form their own uh, opinions about this i i want everybody to decide what they think about it before the uh the the collective consciousness makes its choice about uh about what we as a culture think about the burning white uh, does that make sense yeah i want everybody to have their own opinion you and i already have our own opinions about where this book or where this book falls for us, how we feel about it, and mm -hmm. we will talk about that more in future episodes. Um, but I'm glad we have that independent of kind of the... Right. It, it'd be like watching the Star Wars prequels now for the first time. Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's no way to get around the, the stink that's been put on, <laughs> on them at, at this point. Um, and so whether people love or hate this book, I, I, I want people to have their own opinions on it. Yeah. And, Speaking of which, we are going to do, we're going to continue with spoilerifical versions of uh, of these episodes. They are coming up. We've done the first two books. Yep. And I believe we're going to continue with two book, two episodes per book uh, for the remaining three, including this one. And mm -hmm. so people just kind of have to hang with us, uh, but we will get to those uh, pretty soon. We've done the reading. We've just we could have the conversation now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to it, it. There'll be probably pretty different conversations for three, four, and five, right? Since we have in fact read all of them now, and none of us will be guessing anymore. But I will say, at the end of two and the end, or sorry, at the end of three and four, I knew this was going to be the case, and so I I wrote down pretty detailed 
thoughts about mm-hmm. where I was at at the end of every book. So, okay. so hopefully we'll have something to add for people there that way. I hope you guys are all looking forward to those. I know I am. I, 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 before I had read book five, so this is not a book five spoiler, but before I'd read book five, we had Brent on the show to record mm. the, the Odyssey. And I told him after we were done recording that I thought that he had written a remarkable series and I haven't changed my mind about that. Uh, so I hope that everybody's enjoying it. I have certainly enjoyed Lightbringer and uh, get out there and buy it. Yeah. If anybody's come any sort of come to any sort of conclusion based on what we've talked about, ignore it and just go read it and enjoy because I this is going on my hardback shelf. This whole series is going on my hardback shelf. Yep. Well, it's gone on ours. Uh, and uh, it goes very well with the rest of our hardbacks. So uh, thanks everybody for listening and hope that you stick around for the rest of our Lightbringer series coming up soon. And uh, if you enjoy what we do, of course, uh, follow us on social media, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Hit us up on on, uh, Patreon if you enjoy what we do and support the show there. Uh, Anything else, Ryan? Gosh, I guess we'll just talk to people later then. I don't know, man. Should we give this a shot? Let's try. Let's see what comes out of this.